Welcome to the USC Marshall Lifelong Learning Executive Education Series. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited to be joined today by my next guest, Nate Fast. is an Associate Professor of Management and Organization. Nate received his PhD in Organizational Behavior from Stanford University, has been recognized for both teaching and research, including USC's Golden Apple Teaching Award, the Dean's Award for Excellence in Research, and Poet and Quant's Best 40 B-School Profs Under the Age of 40. Nate, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Great to be here. You're a young man uh, achieving so much already. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to dig into this topic of purpose and finding your purpose with you. I've had many conversations with people about this. It's like one of those kind of big things that you hear about a lot, and yet it's hard to kind of quantify or talk about, well, how do we do this? How do we use this? So I'm excited to dig into that. But first, I wanted to ask you about uh, this um, group that you're involved in, interested in learning more about the Psychology of Technology Institute that you co-founded. Uh, what's the mission there and what's the purpose of the Institute? Well, sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. Purpose is a big, uh, very big topic. And uh, so the Psychology of Technology Institute is a, a nonprofit organization that I co-founded actually with uh, Juliana Schroeder, who's a professor at UC Berkeley. And um, our mission is really to um, kind of unleash humanity's ability to use technology more wisely to, you know, um, to improve humanity's well-being and uh, achieve sustainability. So that's kind of a big a, a big chunk of stuff that we're trying to do there. And basically what we found was there's a big problem in the tech ecosystem, which is that technology is being developed and unleashed uh, faster than we can keep track of, faster than we can handle, faster than users can make, you know, good decisions about how to use it. And leaders um, have a hard time, you know, making decisions about whether to embrace certain technologies or reject others. Policymakers often don't even, you know, understand the business models of some of these um, technology companies. And so um, so we saw a real problem there. And a lot of people try to solve that problem by either, you know, suggesting we gotta we gotta keep going fast. So hit the hit the gas pedal. A lot of tech companies move fast and break things and just kind of everything is going to take care of itself. Others are saying let's slow things down, uh, hit the brakes and um, you know, kind of put in in uh, place a little bit more strict um, policies and, and governance kind of mechanisms. We think that's kind of the wrong question, the speed at which, like, I don't think we can actually affect the speed at which technology, it's gonna advance. Yeah, we're, we're not gonna, we can't stop new companies and technologies from coming out. There's no way. That's, exa that's exactly right, we can't. And furthermore, I don't think we want to. So for a couple of reasons, we need to, we need to develop new technologies to solve you know, the problems that we're facing today. Secondly, we need to keep up with other countries like China and Russia and others who are gonna continue to develop technology. So with AI, it's, there's so much power. In, in artificial intelligence. So we wanna keep moving fast. So the answer is not the brakes or uh, you know, necessarily looking at the gas pedal, but rather looking at a steering mechanism. And I think that that's what we're missing. And so we, we need to be able to steer this, this um, train so it's not a runaway kind of train. And so what we do is we brought together an interdisciplinary network of uh, behavioral scientists to study the psychology of technology. And in order to create sustainability in order to create well-being over a long period of time we're going to be we're going to need to be able to manage human psychology um, as a society i think you can see that with polarization with you know hatred with uh, you know all kinds of challenges that we're facing including well-being anxiety all those types of things we have to manage our psychology 
in order to do that, we have to understand the technologies that are so powerfully shaping our psychology. And so that brings us to where uh, we are and what our mission is, is to pull together, you know, the most interesting interdisciplinary teams of researchers that we possibly can and study um, what we call technological intelligence, which is understanding how technologies are shaping human psychology and understanding how human psychology shapes um, our uses of, of technologies. So mm, interesting. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed and have talked with people about, and we've talked about in this series is you know, the pace of change is faster than it's ever been before, right? And yet it's slower today than it's ever going to be. It's it's just getting faster all the time. New technologies coming out. You know, case in point, you and I are recording this early 2022 web three blockchain technology becoming really popular. A lot of organizations are and and governments, right, are just trying to figure out what the heck is going on and keeping up. You can't stop it, right? Um, but all the more reason for a series like this, talking about the importance of investing in lifelong learning, continuous learning, because whatever degree you got, undergrad, master's degree, even PhD, if it was more than five years ago, like chances are you're getting close to you know obsolete, right? And we've got to keep learning about the latest things that are going on. Are we at risk being disrupted? Absolutely. So, so the, the idea behind that is, you know, we need technological intelligence in order to um, to make better decisions as leaders, to run our companies better, and uh, to stay on top of things. We'll talk about this with the uh, the lifelong learning. You know, it's just it's just critical for all of this. And I think purpose is actually critical for um, you know navigating these uh, these uncharted territories as well. So we can we'll get into that. Yeah. So uh, let's get into that. What what led you on the path to investigate and educate on this kind of importance of purpose? It's something that. We hear about, but it's not a, like a concrete business concept. So what, what led you down this road? Well, interestingly, it was actually my um, interest in power. Um, so, so I got to purpose kind of indirectly. Um, and I guess I'll kind of pull back and tell a little bit of a story of how, why I care about power. And that will help, um, I think, illuminate, you know, why purpose uh, matters to me as well. So when so my parents actually you know served with this uh, nonprofit organization when I was a kid you know some it's like a doctors without borders type of nonprofit my dad was a surgeon was born in California but at uh, the age of four we moved to Brussels Belgium um, lived there for a year got to see castles with dungeons and torture chambers and things like that which was you know fascinating and disturbing to me as as a yeah. kid. Yeah, but definitely gravitated towards those uh, that part of the castle. But then we moved to Africa. And so we lived in Zaire for three years um, in a small village. Uh, it's now the Congo, but at that time it was Zaire. Um, no running water, no electricity, uh, battling malaria, all that kind of stuff. But what really you know gave me my life purpose was living under a dictator, Mobutu Sasisiko. And so Mobutu was you know one of history's most brutal dictators. And so it kind of moved from this kind of like imagined kind of torture and, and killing that happened in these torture chambers a long, long time ago in Europe to this stuff is happening right now. And yeah. people are living in, in fear um, in the villages. And so that set a lifelong um, you know, purpose in motion for me of understanding power systems and helping you know, good people learn how to navigate them so that they can um, counter, you know, the, the power abuse of people like Mobutu. And, um, and so then how I came to purpose was through that study of power, I found that purpose is actually one of the most powerful tools that power holders use to become powerful. So leaders who have a sense of purpose, 
met, you know, draw people in magnetically and all that. It's just, a, it's a really powerful tool. Right. They kind of rally people around them based on that purpose or that mission that we're all moving towards this thing together. That's right. So you look at um, religion, you look at um, military, you look at companies, look at someone like Elon Musk. I mean, he's very technically, you know, he's a genius, but uh, he's not only a genius in technology, he's a genius at like pulling people together around purpose. And, um, and then on the flip side, um, I've done a lot of research on the psychology of power and looking at what um, leads power holders to get corrupted. And there's, there's a lot there. Some of it is nuanced, but one of them is the lack of purpose. So like when you, uh, you know, purpose is actually a good tool that keeps leaders kind of on the path um, towards accountability uh, and helps other people kind of like say, hey, this is, this is your public purpose. Let's, let's keep going in this direction. Without that, it becomes really easy to, to view power as an end in itself because power is great, brings all kinds of perks, all that kind of stuff. So I came to study purpose and teach about purpose because it's so central to the topic of um, power and leadership. Mm. What's the saying about power? Uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? We see that a lot. Yeah, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's this other quote, um, the uh, Secretary of the Navy in US, I'm forgetting his name, but he said, um, you know, power corrupts, absolute power is kind of neat, uh, <laughs> which, I, which I love that, that kind of progression, power corrupts and absolute power is actually, you know, pretty nice. It's uh, interesting. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, and I see the, the connection to purpose and is that there to keep people connected? Let's connect that back to business, right? We're, we're talking to people, leaders in the business world, um, talent development, training people in the business world. Like, how do we connect this? Why is purpose important for us in business? It's important for a number of reasons. Um, it, it's important, and you know, we're talking about humanistic leadership, but it's it's important for the bottom line of the company. Uh, it's important for maintaining a kind of happy and healthy workforce. And it's also, you know, important for ourselves as leaders and and um, those that we work with for a number of reasons. So um, we can kind of dig into some of those um, effects. What I'd like to 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 say is, you know, why why is purpose so magnetic for people um yeah. and you know what is it about purpose that is like so powerful and i think one of the things that purpose does is it speaks to the core aspect of what it means to be human um which is it provides an answer to the question of why and um so i don't know if you have do you have kids i have two yeah two okay so uh they how old are they they're six and eight six and eight okay so they're probably in the thick of like asking a lot of why questions but mm -hmm. certainly even younger they start and, and, you know, we're born with this desire to understand why, like, yep. why is the sky? Yeah. yeah. Why is it blue? Why are there clouds? How does that work? Why is this, you know, why is the car go so fast? And um, as a parent, you know, I have two uh, um, kids that are a little bit older now, but um, you know, it can drive you crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but, but purpose, like we don't stop needing to answer that question of why and connect mm -hmm everything that we do to kind of a sense of like why things are, why are we doing this? And, um, and so that's, that applies to, to leaders as well, but a lot of leaders don't realize that. And so um, like you can look at um, schools and teachers. And when you think about like the best teachers that you had, they connected like math to rocket ships and we're not, we're not doing math just for the heck of it. We're, we're, we're building space rockets or, you know, something really interesting, exciting. And so leaders, same thing. So, um, so one of the things that matters in companies for the bottom line is having people who are super fired up and motivated and engaged and 
um, loyal to the company and mm-hmm. um, purpose absolutely provides um, provides that uh, kind of uh, mechanism. Yeah, that's that, that extra motivation. Uh, I think people have always wanted to know why they're doing the things they're doing, right? But I think more and more we're hearing and seeing that, um, you know, especially younger generations, people want to know the why behind the work they're doing. And is it part of something bigger? Is it part of something meaningful? Or are we just going to work to, you know, turn cogs figuratively, right? And, and make more money. And you see a lot of companies taking advantage of that and, and connecting more to purpose and mission uh, and, and rallying employees behind that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think there was a, there was a study that I saw that, um, that said, you know, the most important, um, I believe factor that people consider is money for, you know, how much they're going to make. Right. So that's the first thing. Okay. Well, let's check that box. But the second most important thing is purpose having a sense of like, what are we, what are we doing? What is, what is our company about? And, um, you know, people are willing to work a lot longer hours and give them a lot more of themselves um, and a lot more dedication to putting people on Mars or yeah. if that's what they find inspiring. I was say, you, you mentioned Elon, you know, SpaceX, <laughs> he has a, a purpose, a mission that we are going to put a man or a woman on Mars. And I'm sure people that work there are working hard behind, you know, to support that purpose and make that happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what does it take for someone to become a purpose-driven leader, right? We don't all work for SpaceX, but we're all working and uh, we want to drive more, um, you know, output from our team and and rally people and have them more engaged and excited to work with us. How does this play into leadership? I always like, I mean, there's a lot of ways to to become a purpose-driven leader. And it's really about like finding your own purpose, how it connects to the company, connecting a company's purpose to other people's. And it's, it's, it's like connecting those dots um, broadly kind of defined. And I think there are three, you know, critical things that you could do. Um, one is really embedding purpose in the way that you talk to, uh, to employees and especially during times of change. And so if you're, if we're, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic or if we're, you know, in the midst of like, you know, um, I don't know, like using new technologies and shifting over to a new kind of set of tools that people, you know, gripe about and hate to kind of adopt new technology or whatever. Um, <laughs> embed tech, uh, embed purpose into the way that you talk to your employees about these changes. So as opposed to saying like, we got to do this or else, um, or that's the directive. It's to say like, if, you, if your company is all about making people smarter, let's say, through your products, then let's tie all the changes that we're going through to that purpose uh, just in our conversation. So that's, that's one thing leaders can do. And it takes a bit of intentionality, um, you know, because it's not something that everybody necessarily thinks about. The second is like bringing it to life, making it more, um, um, I guess, visual and salient to people through stories or through videos that you produce for your company, but very, very low, low tech way to do it is just to kind of highlight, um, a story every every week when you have your meeting or whatever, like highlight that somebody did something that was related to purpose um, to celebrate that. Um, and third, you know, uh, companies and leaders who, who decide to kind of really get more formal about this can launch a long-term kind of like ongoing conversation with their company. So I don't know if you heard of the, the case study with KPMG that um, did a company-wide kind of purpose uh, discovery. So back in 2014, and KPMG is one of the big four, you know, the big accounting firm. Yeah. And uh, some people would think of accounting and not necessarily think immediately of purpose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I have heard about this. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a great, yeah, it's a great story. So they, 
So they launched this big campaign. They created a little video that like was inspiring about the way that KPMG had kind of been there throughout history. And so it's like we shape history and um, their role in, in helping with World War One or World War Two or, you know, alleviating depressions and things like that. And they had all of their employees then kind of reflect on what do you do at KPMG? And they came up with all these really inspiring statements like I I fight for democracy or I, I help um, farmers grow healthy food or, you know. Um, I'm combating terrorism, you know, through the, the companies and work that I'm supporting. So, I mean, that, that's kind of a neat idea. And so it's like ask, at having, um, at, you know, leaders having um, employees kind of like tie their own work into a sense of purpose and taking the time mm. to do that is, is pretty powerful. That, that's a great example. It actually reminded me, I, I've done some work with KPMG over the years, uh, running some leadership workshops, and I saw the work they were doing there and the videos and, and help facilitate people crafting their stories around their purpose. And one of the things I, I observed that was really cool uh, was we're kicking off a workshop and the partner there asked everyone, instead of when we're doing introductions, just saying like the job that you do, forget that, share your purpose, like what drives you in what you're doing. And it was an amazing difference from the boring old, I'm an auditor, you know, I'm a consultant in Boston, to like people really talking about like what really drives them and like the more meaningful side of the work they're doing. And it was a lot more eventful, interesting way to, to start the day. I'll never forget that. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's very, very powerful. And I mean, I think after they did that 90% of their employees said that they were, that that process made them feel more proud to work at KPMG. Mm. Um, I think fortune, they jumped 17 um, places on fortunes, 100 best places to work and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I mean, there's, wow. there's benefits to the company as well. Yeah, that's cool. Um, is there anything happening now that you're observing that makes it Im more important to be clear on purpose? You know, is there, are there drivers out there? Um, and how does being clear on purpose help inform, support this idea of humanistic leadership that we've been talking about in this series? Yeah, that's, um, that's a good question. I, so, you know, we, we both, I mean, purpose matters all the time, um, for sure. Um, I do think that it matters even more now. It's more powerful now and more needed now. And, and the reason is um, one word, which is uncertainty. And so McKinsey has done um, some studies with purpose where they found that um, purpose really helped with um, people navigate uncertainty. They found that uh, also led to like four times more engagement, five times more well-being and all that. But when you look at the world today, I mean, um, you think about even the pandemic, we're not sure where that's headed. Twists and turns are probably still on the way. Um, you look at climate change, what do we anticipate happening there? Um, we look at artificial intelligence and where, you know, technology is taking us. Um, and then, of course, there's a lot of, like, political unrest right now. You talk about Russia and Ukraine, you talk about, you know, polarization, democracies that are kind of under threat. And so all of that creates this huge um, degree of uncertainty. And purpose is a really powerful way for, for us to kind of, like, hold on to something that provides well-being um, and kind of mental stability, but also, like, guides us through that, you know, crazy territory um, that we're in. And by the way, like, I mean, there's a longitudinal study where um, it was a 14 year study and they found that people actually live longer who have a sense of purpose than everybody else. Like the people with a high sense of purpose, it's like, it's not just like, it's like a wonder drug, right? And so it's uh, it's very powerful. I love that. Uh, yeah. I said, you know, it's, it's not just about business. It's not just about politics. Um, it's about personal health and and longevity and happiness and fulfillment in life when you feel like, you have more of a purpose. I know I've felt that, uh, mm -hmm. and I get more excited and exuberant about life 
uh, when I feel more connected to a purpose. Last question I wanted to ask you, Nate, is, is something we've been asking almost everyone in this series about the importance of lifelong learning. And we've talked about this a little bit with so many changes going on in the world. And maybe you can connect this a little bit back to the work you're doing in, in humanistic leadership. But um, why do you think lifelong learning is so important? Um, what role do you see this playing in you know, success down the road for business professionals? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And I'm obviously a fan of lifelong learning just because uh, that's what I've given my life to. Um, but what I would say is I would use an analogy. So we're kind of facing inflation right now with our economy. And so uh, what that means is if we're sitting on a big pile of money uh, or a small pile of money and it's not invested in, in growth, um, you know, uh, stocks or whatever, um, you're going to lose, you're losing money, you're losing buying power. And so I would say that's a great analogy for the information economy that we're a part of as well as with leaders. So like we might have, we've learned a bunch where you're really knowledgeable or whatever, but knowledge is for, you know, forging um, and information is forging ahead so much, so much faster than we can keep track of. Right. And so there's um, new changes and all that. And so if we're not learning and we're not continuing to learn, then we're actually falling backwards hmm. um, just because of the speed of, of change in the world today. So like, I think lifelong learning, however, however you do it, and there's lots of ways to do it um, is, is vital. There you go. If you're not investing your money in today's financial uh, climate, you might be going backwards. And if you're not investing in your learning and development in today's fast changing world, you're probably falling behind as well. So, so important uh, to be investing and connecting back to your purpose and knowing why you're doing it. Nate, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been fascinating. I look forward to talking with you more in the future. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks, Andy. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Lifelong Learning Series. You can find more information by visiting our website at execed.marshall.usc.edu. That's execed.marshall.usc.edu. -E -E Thank you again for listening, and we hope to see you in a class soon.